Hello everyone and welcome. You're listening to DTSE Talks, the place to be to learn more and explore the life in Magenta. You wonder what's going on in the company? Where do we excel and what's our lessons learned? Join me as I delve into the life in DTSE and interview employees as well as guests to answer all your questions. I'm your host, Umema Buswab, and today we talk about the future jobs. Therefore, I invited four colleagues from our company, DTSE, and also from Deutsche Telekom to discuss with them the importance of reskilling and to learn from their experience. So stick around. We've been talking about the future skills and the future of work for the last years, but it's only until the COVID crisis happened that we really started making the first steps towards the future. Indeed, the pandemic has brought a lot of change and we've witnessed a great acceleration in the pace of digital transformation, be it in remote working, flexible working, automation, all these areas have been unpredictably changed in the last year. The crisis has brought also a lot of uncertainty and as a result, many new people lost their jobs or they're feeling unsure and insecure about their career path and how to stay relevant in the future. So today's episode focuses on the human experience in the heart of the transformation era we live in today. We first start by discussing the importance of reskilling and learning, the challenges and the opportunities to look out for with Nadine Bruna and Marcus Lecker, who are closely involved in the learning initiative within the group. Then we hear the individual experiences from Maite Mendizabalarias and Simone Bernardine to get inspired from their learning journey. So without further ado, let's get started. Our first guests today are both very involved in the learning and transformation journey of employees in Deutsche Telekom. So we have Nadine Bruna, the project manager in qualification for digitalization team in DTSE, and Marcus Lecke, the squad lead and product owner for corporate learning culture ULEARN team in DT. They're here with us today to discuss the future jobs and how in DT we are getting ready for the future. Nadine, Marcus, thanks a lot for joining me today. I'm very excited to have you here. Welcome and thank you for inviting us. Thank you, May. It's a pleasure. Thank you for being here. So before we jump right into the topic of reskilling and employee transformation, can we shortly introduce the programs that you're working on? Maybe we can start with you, Marcus, from Deutsche Telekom. Yes, sure. Yeah, the program you learn, or we call it an initiative, is a big learning culture initiative with a big target to bring the company in direction of a learning organization. And we have three main targets to drive, and this is make that learning is an everyday matter, mm-hmm. make learning self-steered, and learning with fun. And these are the three principles. We are running everything in this program communication, technology, content, and this is our baseline. And so we have a kind of yeah, full bunch of measures based on these three elemental ambitions we are driving. Interesting. How about the qualification for digitalization in DTSE, Nadine? Yes, qualification for digitalization is as well an initiative within DTSE. And um, we are responsible for driving the technology and the digitalization within the company. We are doing that with a wide range of training opportunities as well as communication or events for our colleagues. 
Great. That sounds interesting. We've been talking about the future of work for a few years now. And uh, I mean, all the speeches and seminars, it's always felt like this big transformation we're talking about is going to happen, but somewhere in the future, not really right away. But when we observe how quickly everything changed due to COVID, we can clearly detect that we're headed towards an benefit number of possibilities when it comes to how we work and even how societies will be shaped in the future. So is reskilling, in your opinion, and transformation more important now than before? Uh, did the COVID crisis change the way companies think of skills? What do you think, Nadine, in your opinion? My Absolutely. So COVID was an important impulse for a lot of people to realize that digitalization, especially, and working in, in a virtual and online environment is getting really important because if you are not able to handle these technologies, you are not able to join. So this is absolutely, from my perspective, a really important impulse to start dealing with new topics regarding virtual and digital solutions for each part of your life, either the professional or the private course. Yeah. Marcus, what is your opinion? Is today's digital and difficult times played really a role in accelerating the need to upskill the workforce today? Yeah, I think that was also the case before COVID. So when you see the latest studies of the last maybe two years, one, for example, from the World Economic Forum, there was mm -hmm. already in 2018, World Economic Forum said that More than 50% of um, employees need to be reskilled within the next two to three years. And uh, mm -hmm. when you see that this was the case three years before, you can imagine that, that it is faster now. And maybe so we are in the middle of this transformation process and um, it's becoming faster and faster. And when you see on the other hand that the major skills we are looking mm -hmm. for And when I look for the, the most important ones, we are talking about topics like security, data analytics, cloud computing, artificial intelligence, DevOps, and all the things. You can imagine mm -hmm. that not only we are seeking for these competences, every big company is doing this. And so the market of this expert is nearly empty. And that leads to the point that we need to qualify our people we have in the company. So try mm. to solve this mix out of the existing workforce. And COVID was definitely an accelerator for digital learning. That was mm. what we could measure two years before we had, we call it a digital learning quota of round about 45, 46%. So the part of digital learning as part of all learning activities. Today, we have mm -hmm. 69%. And this is oh. really a big change during one year. That's interesting, yeah, to see how COVID really uh, helped accelerate and bring this change closer and, and faster. And we're talking about the skills. And I read in a study called Work 2028 by Deutsche Telekom and the Telekom International and Henley Center for Leadership from the Henley Business School that 85% of the job that Generation Z will be doing in 2030 have not even been invented yet. So we're talking about skills that maybe are not even here. So What are these trends that we're talking about? What skills we should prepare the, the new workforce for? Yeah, absolutely. Some of these skills are, are that ones I, I mentioned um, yeah. a minute before. And, but uh, in the same way, like technologies we are using in five years are not invented today, 
you can imagine that also skills which might be necessary are not yeah not known at the moment so yeah. the point is that we need really to be flexible to be open and very quick and adapt these changes and mm -hmm. try to step into new skills new topics and work on our learning culture and our, on our learning mindset I, from my point of view that is really crucial to able to step in this different and new skills for the future but mm -hmm. i think some of them everything is about data about uh, it architecture about cloud computing yeah. and we know this new topics like quantum computing or whatever which is already on the horizon and these are the topics we should definitely have a look on Yeah, all of these big trends that we, we really read about. That's, that's why I asked you, are there other skills? Because you just mentioned these kind of techie skills. So I was wondering if there are any other skills that we could think of that are not really technical or really specific skills. Yeah, sure. The, the other big trends we see is everything about agile working and agile learning. No? So we work in different environments, changing teams, changing tasks. And of course, mm -hmm. it's social skills. And that was also a learning out of COVID to see we can make a lot without meeting ourselves in face-to-face in -face meetings. And mm -hmm. that's, I think we are all hungry for seeing someone in person. But that's true. <laughs> when you see 80% of the whole staff of the company works in a home office, that is really a lot and a lot of things are working via digital tools. This is also a skill we learned. And I think that's an important learning for the future. Yeah. Cool. And uh, Nadine, in your opinion, like we are also having this initiative in our DTSE uh, company. So what are the skills that we are targeting here? So I can absolutely underline what Marcus said. First of all, if you can't or if you have no imagination of the um, needed skills or jobs of tomorrow, you first of all need to be open-minded and curious, yes, and be mm -hmm. ready for, for, for the future. I wanted to add that While we in the in the history, yeah, just uh, saw some studies, and it was like, yeah, we need the skills, we need the skills. It, there was no pressure really for you to do it, yeah. But now mm -hmm. you are really touched, and now you realize, okay, it's really, really important. There yeah. was a door opened to a new online and virtual platform, of course, for learning. But then you see when you enter that door, you see all the opportunities and you see all the skills and all the profiles which are described there. And maybe you, you never had any idea of what it's behind. Yeah. And now you're dealing with all these new topics and trainings. And while you are doing this, it's absolutely important to be open-minded, to have an mm -hmm. mindset, to be ready, as I said, yeah to collaborate with each other, to share your knowledge. And this is a soft skill, which I think is hard to be trained. Yeah, so it's a journey and it's a development. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that's what we are doing in our communication campaign of future jobs inspired by tomorrow. We want to give a clearer picture of the, of the future. Yeah, we try mm -hmm. to um, give examples on how the future and how future jobs could look like and just to, to make it more tangible and to inspire people losing their fears of um, starting new things. Yes, mm. this is this is absolutely um, necessary beside yeah. all the technical uh, trainings and so on to have that social skills and that mindset, first of That's all. That's true, yeah. And also to uh, try to fight this fear of the unknown, which is blocking us and, and uh, which is a challenge mm -hmm. for us. Yes. That's for most of us, uh, probably. We're talking about the skill transformation and uh, how does it happen, this 
skill transformation. What's the connection with the learning? Yeah, I think the learning is for me definitely the enabler and uh, the basis, and we call it learning ecosystem for for the whole skill transformation. And mm. when you consider what are the, the main pillars, what do I have to consider to change learning culture and become a learning organization? I see five main topics would need to be considered. And this is yeah, the, the individuals themselves. So the people, they should have this agile mindset, this openness for new things we already talked about. Mm -hmm. Second point is the Corporate culture, do we have a culture of feedback, of rewarding, learning engagement, and these things? Third point is infrastructure and organization. Do we have the tools, the access? Do we have the mm -hmm. frameworks to give people the time to learn? Fourth point is for me the role of HR and learning and development. So our rule, we have to become more supporter, enabler of the whole learning process. Yeah, and finally, Leadership, the mm. values of leadership, the culture, are the leaders role models? Do they give enough time? And these are, for me, the five crucial topics which really helps to become a learning organization. And you, you have to take care and foster all mm. of them to, to support the skill transformation. Yeah, from these uh, five elements, uh, I can see that they could be also the challenges that could stop you or that you could face while you're trying to upskill, as you mentioned, the time uh, for the employees and the right leadership. So what are other challenges companies face in this journey? From my perspective, companies are often dealing a lot too much with themselves. Yeah, So to really manage all the the different, um, yeah, maybe um, reorganization things, the new working structures especially need a lot of time and energy often, yes. So it would be really cool to have that aspect of space and freedom for colleagues and for learning and so on um, always in mind when teams or, or companies are changing their structures. Yeah, they, that's from my perspective often a bit pity, yeah, because they're dealing Yeah, too much with themselves sometimes. From my perspective, yeah, it always starts with the people. So um, if you have a consciousness, I would say that learning is an investment and not a cost factor. The attitude is really uh, important for the, on that topic. Sometimes we have uh, colleagues which do not have any experiences with, with that and which don't see some opportunities. And um, so it would be good from my side to really show that it works yeah if you if you allow people to learn and to give them space the time. And not only time space but on, also nice rooms yeah creativity rooms or learning spaces or learning groups or something like that um mm -hmm. really to support this yeah for me in addition to this yeah personal mindset nadine mentioned is it is mm -hmm. our task as organization that we we should make this or we have to make this changes and the new roles of the future transparency. And mm -hmm. then we need to make sure that the access to the really suitable learning content is available, that learning every time, everywhere is possible. So work on this frameworks and this conditions of learning. And that is another challenge we are working on today. Mm -hmm. It is not, not ensure that everyone has the ability to learn whenever and whatever he or she wants. That's and that's, um, for me, an important point. Why not allowing people to learn really in, in working time or even when they say, I, I like to make it better 
in the evening when I'm sitting at home. Why not? That's uh -huh. um, another point. We have this understanding when learning should happen and um, yeah, giving people the access. That's for me another big challenge. Mm -hmm. and, and what is concretely DTSE and DT are doing in this, in this regard? What are the programs and what are we doing to enable this transformation and to step up and, and move past the challenges? We can start with uh, DT in general. Yeah, things we, yeah, we did during the last years, and that is, was also one focus of you learn with making this horizontal content and platforms really much better than today. For example, on mm -hmm. content side, we placed um, yeah, content providers like Coursera, one of the biggest e-learning provider in the world in our portfolio. Mm -hmm for free for the employees, so no special and local payment process. And we embedded mm -hmm. all this content in a new platform called Percipio. And that is, we call it really the Netflix of learning that people yeah. can, mm -hmm. can, and this platform considers the learning experience of a learner. Like you watch movies, uh, you have the profile of a user. It is known what, what are the Yeah, most liked sessions and, and so in the mm -hmm. preferences and in the same way um, this learning platform, this learning experience platform is working. This is only one thing. And of course, we made this mobile access. So using it via your mobile phone possible that learning everywhere and every time is possible. That's good. And the portfolio, maybe to, to add one, but the portfolio contains also ebooks, podcasts. So it's not only that it is a mm -hmm. seminar where, where you have to take part or a kind of a synchronous session. You really can choose between different methods according to your learner type you are. Yeah, that is interesting. What, what about in DTSE, Nadine? What are the concrete mm -hmm. steps we're doing? So first of all, I'm happy to, you mentioned uh, that app uh, markets because for me it's an absolutely highlight. And in addition, we as Q4D initiative in DTSE, Yeah, try to recommend uh, specific topics or trainings to our colleagues. I, I would say this is our added value on the one hand, because it's, it's a universe of learning content in the moment. And we really try to figure out what is good invested time and resources in, in a good topic. And we recommend it. We promote all the platforms and the opportunities. So whether they are um, by, um, offered by um, Coursera or also via initiatives within DT, like um, mm -hmm. learning from experts, or we have um, as well a pretty good portfolio of internal expert trainings and something like that. So this is our offer to show what is really important mm -hmm. um, for everyone to, to, to spend their time. And I would like to add this, the fact of making learning like a fun, yeah, like fun. Mm -hmm. So add some fun to learning. And there we have a lot of uh, nice formats and ideas how to convert training topics in, in really good stories in interactive formats, really to deal with practical examples or have interaction while you are mm -hmm. learning. And I think all these developments in that direction help to make learning, to integrate it in your daily life, yes. So... Mm -hmm. We try to support this. We have a lot of um, own ideas how we can make trainings attractive. And always the best is really to create something together with the colleagues, yeah, and involve them in new formats and, yeah, let them learning by doing. Yeah. Also, uh, for the ULEARN program, there's a ULEARN day on September, right, Marcus, to keep an uh, eye on? 
Yeah, it will be in October, but uh, there, there will be one okay. in, in the company. And uh, 27th of October is now the date we have planned. And this will be a whole day of giving colleagues insights in what are this most important topic of the future. How can I start my learning journey and um, yeah, get in touch with other colleagues who are the experts in this field? That is, mm -hmm. will be one day. And we already did it last year, very successful and We want to do it again. That's cool. So yeah, colleagues in uh, DT look forward for these programs. You and Nadine, you mentioned a lot the individual motivation and uh, it's uh, really important to underline because we kind of tend to wait and rely on the employers to give the initiative to learn anything new most of the time. But that's not really the right mindset to have, as, as you mentioned. So how do you motivate in your own way people to really think, start thinking of it as uh, the change should start from really within that you, you have to initiate the change? If I may start with this. Um, yes. And Let me mention one initiative Nadine already talked about a few minutes before, and that is this learning from experts initiative mm. called LEX. Mm -hmm. And this is for me a very good example how learning culture is changing at the moment. So when you see this initiative started yeah. with a few people, a group of few people saying, hey, let us exchange about our topics we are working on in short 30 minutes to 60 minute sessions. And this was growing and growing over the last years. And today we have a few thousand of experts who are exchanging really in daily sessions. Only in last year, we have had 3,000 of these learning sessions completely voluntary from experts. And there you yeah. see that this motivation comes sometimes from within. <laughs> and that is, mm -hmm. uh, I, I think, a really good yeah. proof yeah. that uh, we have a, a change in the learning culture today. I'm a really big Lex fan, and I think it's it's already one of the largest communities within DT, right? And hey, yeah. Marcus, it's a learning community, so perfect. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. really cool. And this also drives the learning culture forward. So if you show or if you work in a in a company which which shows all the learning successes and the learning opportunities, then you feel as a part of it. Yes, I'm really proud that you as you learn initiative are also part of our digital wave event which takes place in may also on that uh, platform we are really have a big learning party i would say yeah, because we really show that it's important to have a view outside of the box yeah really to give an idea of the wide range of learning and development opportunities yeah to 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 be on that party is just the first step really to also get motivated for the next step i think all of these puzzle parts are really important for the whole picture yeah that means really go in the future as a whole company with really good trained and motivated colleagues and people yeah this was exactly the target we had when we implemented it, that we said we can't drive the change only out of one headquarter initiative. No, that's why we said mm -hmm. first we can we can work on interest of people, then awareness that people say, hey, there is something changing in the portfolio, foster the engagement with a few initiatives with a ULearn day, some ruffles or, or challenges we had. But now when, when it should come to really business impact, it is good that we have 
initiatives like Q4D and uh, that we support them, but they should come out of the business. And this is an example mm. which we have with Q4D. We have a format called Learning Awareness Days now in April and others will follow. So it's really to, to only um, yeah, start rolling a stone and then supporting these initiatives which are out of the business. That's super. There's really a lot of things to join and you just need to maybe be curious a little bit and you can really start your journey towards transformation and towards these future skills. Great, guys, I have a final question for you. If you had to create a slogan for your life, what would it be? My motto for my life is really to develop each day a bit more in mm -hmm. professional and in personal belongings. This is my motivation, really. Learn every day something new and stay curious, really. <laughs> yeah, this is my motto, I would say. Mm -hmm. Interesting. And you, Marcus? Yeah, I think very similar in connection mm -hmm. to our initiative that we say, yeah, learn every day, self-seed with fun, stay curious and grow. Yeah, going with our guiding principles. Yeah, it's our part of our culture. It's true. So great. Colleagues, thank you so much for being here. This was really an interesting discussion. I learned a lot from you guys. Thank you so much, May. Thank you for inviting us and thank you for listening. Thank you, Marcus, for being here and looking forward. And to illustrate what we mean by never stop growing, I invited two guests from DTSE who will share with us their individual experiences and what motivated them to initiate change. Our next guest today is Maite Mendizabalarias. She is working within HR service and digitalization team in DTSE, and she is a strong customer experience design advocate. She's here to share her experience with us. So welcome, Maite. Thanks a lot for joining me today. Thank you for having me. You have an interesting job. So would you like to tell us more about it, about the job position and how it is in a nutshell? What is exactly the role of customer experience designer? Yeah, please allow me first to start. Where does this job comes from? So um, we experienced mm -hmm. during the last 10, 20 years, a very huge digital transformation. What does that change? In the past, we had customers in the shops, actual human contact. So we saw the faces of our customers and we knew instantly if they were happy or not happy with the product or all these touch points we had during this But this digital transformation mm -hmm. brings with it that we have new touch points. We have digital touch points. So we created the customer journey, the so-called customer journey, where we define where these interactions take place with the customer mm -hmm. and how they should look like, how they should feel like. And this brings a complete different set of challenges with it. And I'm passionate about this customer experience because I'm a strong believer that you can do the things the right way efficiently and in a way that it's giving you a best customer experience. And this is the reason I'm so passionate about that. As an economist, I have studied economy. I really believe you can do it efficiently and no low cost, but efficiently and with a best customer experience result. 
That is interesting. How did you get from economics to customer experience designer in DTSE? Well, this is not so far away. I've studied economy with um, mm -hmm. the focus on marketing and HR, but I was always very, very keen and very focused on how this service is perceived because I'm a strong believer mm -hmm. also that if you do something good, the people will come back no matter the price. If you make a high price, if you make a, a product on, on a high price level, the customer will come back if the service is right, if he receives this added value that he thinks this is um, value mm -hmm. of. Every customer perceives a very individual added value. And the thing is, you can price the things differently. You can give them a value, creating a cool customer experience. Even if your customer is their own employee, You want to be the best mm -hmm. employer. You want to build up an employer branding. So your need to create very cool customer experience so that these employees yeah. give this testimonial around. Because in marketing, it's well known, a good message is spread all along. A bad message, even more. <laughs> you hear it on the telecom, we want mm -hmm. to have the best employees all over. These employees will create a singular and extraordinary customer experience for all our employees, residential and commercial business customers. And that's the reason that I say, okay, you can make a significant difference here with creating this customer experience, even in times where efficiency is so important. I don't believe that this creating a singular and extraordinary customer experience need a lot of money. You do not need mm -hmm. a lot of money for that. Or contraire, if you have scarce resources, you're much more creative. You're much more creative if you need to build up on, on very limited resources. This is known also from the design thinking. I'm design thinking facilitator. And often the people are bothered by the time boxing. Mm -hmm. So you say, oh, yeah. only two minutes, more ideas, more ideas. You do not get more ideas if you give them two hours. Mm -hmm. But people under pressure creates very cool ideas. I try to make at least three or four courses or specifications a year to get up to date to get up to date mm. with, with all That's the right. topics that I do. I'm starting now with digital marketing. The Oh, me too. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's cool. Uh, me too. <laughs> I did a thing on, on this purpose with digital transformation. It's uh, digital business models by the Lund University. So if you look over Coursera mm. or whatever, there are a lot of things. You can learn a lot of things about customer experience, customer journey, digital transformation, and the importance of creating mm. the right touch points to be aware of that. Even the training for a, a design thinking practitioner was very worthwhile. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you said you learned a few skills and you're still always learning skills, mm -hmm. right? So what could you say if you had to create a slogan for your life, what would it be? Never stop learning. Great. I love it. <laughs> this is the motto also of basically this episode. <laughs> That's great, Maite. Nice to really uh, talk to you. And thank you for joining me and thank you for being here. Thank you also. 
Our last guest today is Simona Bernardine. She is working with the Learning and Training Services team in DTSE, and she has a passion for making people happy, which she's going to share with us today. Hi, Simone. Thanks so much for joining me. Hi, Mai. I'm very happy to be here with you. Super. So I introduced your job position as I know it, but the reason why I invited you here, it's your special happiness officer role within our company. So what is this role exactly and how does it work with your position? Can you tell us how did you get there in a nutshell? Yeah, of course. It's not so easy, like many things in life. So it's a little <laughs> bit complicated. <laughs> so yeah. actually, I have my main job. I'm working for the HR leadership journey tribe and for two projects for Level Up and Level Up Next Gen. And then I have a passion or the passion job. And the passion job is happiness at Telecom. So I'm not an official chief mm. happiness officer. So mm. I started with this and... To be honest, I said, okay, let's do something to make the colleagues, the people happier. When did it happen? In which, in which year did, did this idea came to you? Five years ago mm -hmm. when I finished my studies. So I studied during my work. So in the um, late afternoon and then the weekend. Interesting, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you study? Business administration. But mm -hmm. in one of these cases at the end, I joined the turnaround management And there we had the subject economics, happiness. And mm -hmm. yeah, I was infected with this theme and with happiness. And the I was concept. very, mm -hmm. yeah, and it was very curious um, how can you implement happiness in the company? So, and yeah, and then I started to uh, write something and my final thesis about happiness. And then I came back to work and then, okay, let's do something. So, and mm -hmm. then I just did it. Wow. <laughs> and renamed myself as a chief happiness officer. But this is not official, so this is very important. And I thought, okay, someone will stop me. So mm. I'm still waiting for the stop sign. But um, yeah, so I'm doing, putting some happiness like in my um, yum group. So it's not official. <laughs> But nobody had stopped you so far. And I even got a um, recommendation that this person actually exists in our company. And I was really interested to know what we okay. have someone who takes care of our happiness. I did not know. Where? Okay, cool. <laughs> this is nice. So it's good to hear. <laughs> and so what exactly does this happiness officer role bring to you and to the company? The first thing was I implemented um, YUM Group. So this mm. was happiness at Telecom. And then I started to do networking. And then I came in contact with the Meta people. Then we recognized, okay, we are both hanging on the same thing. So, and mm. then we worked together and they gave me the possibility to join a corporate happiness training. The training is to be to uh, get an ambassador of happiness. And before you get this, you have to work on yourself. It was quite interesting because a lot of things are attitude and what is meaningful for you and mm -hmm. your strengths and emotion and energy and of course, mm -hmm. uh, relationships. So these things I learned first. And because I think it's important to know all these things and not to talk about water and drink wine. So you yeah. have to <laughs> make your own experiences. Of so, um, yeah. And then I started in my team and made some small impulses regarding attitude and meanfulness. Yeah. And then it's growing like a little, I say, river. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and sometimes people are calling me or writing me an email or we have contact. Uh, we are young. Yeah. And now I'm here. <laughs> That's great. 
But as you said, you mentioned a, f a few skills that you needed to learn to get there. You mentioned that there, you had to work on your person first. But in general, you get the general skills and uh, you need to a little bit shift your mind, right? To be very able to understand people, connect to people. So it's a lot of soft skills, right? That's right. So yeah, that's right. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and, and the third thing is change yourself or not change, just be open-minded. Or improve yourself. Improve yourself. This is a good expression. Yeah. One last question for you. So if you had to create a slogan for your life, what would it be? Ooh, okay. It's not so easy. Yeah, I would say just do it. Um, just do, do things. It. Yeah, go for it. I'm an optimistic person, so mm -hmm. I always see the um, positive things. Great. Yeah. So just do it. It reminds me of Shia LaBeouf, just do it. <laughs> it makes me laugh. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, thank you so much, Simone. That was really yeah, you're welcome. super nice talk with you. Glad to, to have you here. Wonderful. Thank you. So that's all, folks. Thanks a lot for tuning in to the TSE Talks and joining me today along with my guests. All in all, rapid change and digital transformation are an everyday reality. Therefore, skill transformation is not only a must, but really a huge opportunity to be part of the skill force of the future. Security, data analytics, artificial intelligence, but also soft skills are the way ahead. However, This transformation does not happen without the right culture, without a learning organization, and without employees who are curious to learn. The most important thing to do to stay relevant in the future, where the nature of tasks and skill set will change, is to constantly learn. And if you haven't changed your mindset yet, then start by doing it today. Make sure to go to talks.dtse.group, subscribe to our podcast, and leave us a feedback. Today, we touched a very important topic, which is the importance of the workforce skills. But what's more important, especially nowadays, is the employee's well-being. Next month, I discuss with experts and guests the importance of mental health and how to stay afloat during the difficult times. So stay tuned.